Hey guys, and welcome to episode 327 of The Startup Diary. I am Harrison Mudge, and I am with my co-host, Adam Callow. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. And if you're new here, this is where we share what it's truly like to build a startup business from bootstrapped through to raising some venture capital. We make mistakes, we share them with you so you don't make them too. But before we jump into today's show, Harry, I I have a review to read out, my friend. Hit me with it. Excellent and very honest. From Jonathan, sorry, Jonathana 100. Mm. I presume that's Jonathan A 100, (laughs) uh, but I'm going to go with Jonathana 100 just because I like the way it sounds. Been listening to this for a few months now and really admire how honest Adam and Harry are. They don't sugarcoat anything unlike a lot of other podcasts. The content is also highly informative and yet still manages to be entertaining and therefore enjoyable to listen to. Keep up the good work. Jonathana, a huge thank you. (laughs) (laughs) A huge thank you for leaving that review. And guys, if you haven't left us that five-star review yet, head over to your podcatcher of choice. Hit five stars and let us know why you listen to this show. And we will read it out on a future episode. Podcatcher, that's an interesting term. There we go. H, what are we talking about today? We've got all sorts today, Adam. We've got talks of maternity and paternity pay. We've got a listener question about work culture. And then we'll be following up at the end of the show with what we are into. But now let's start with the topic of the show. I like your energy right now, to be honest, mate. (laughs) It's because I've got to be somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, so today's topic, Adam, is maternity slash paternity pay. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess you've had to build a policy. Yeah, so... Thanks to yours truly. (laughs) That's what I was going to say, is I guess to kick us off, do you want to just... Let people know your situation. <laughs> yeah, so if anyone doesn't know, me and my beautiful wife are expecting a little boy. Your first. My first indeed. Uh, if you want to follow that journey, you can listen to a podcast called Dad Knows Best on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, but yeah, so essentially we're pregnant with June, November 5th. Um, and apparently I wasn't going to get paid for it until <laughs> I made Adam pull his finger out and uh, put something in place. No, it's amazing. So... When you fell pregnant, it was sort of this thing where I was like... <laughs> Me, specifically, yes. Yeah, well, you know what I mean. Ba- you- I am bearing the child just as much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you, Emily. I hope your wife doesn't listen to this one as well as dad knows best. Um, I think one of the things that sort of raised for me, I want to talk about the mics, is there's so much stuff to do in a small business that doesn't actually... I, I want to say it doesn't actually contribute towards the growth of the business. Mm. Like there's just all this admin and process and all this stuff that needs to be done. And I think probably a lot of small businesses get themselves into the trap. They go to an extreme. So it's either they don't do any of it at all and they just sort of like wing it until mm-hmm. it's like the HMRC is knocking on the door saying, you turn over 300,000 pounds, we're not that registered. We need to speak to you. Uh, or they spend all their time doing process and not actually doing the work to, mm. to sort of grow the business. Sort of like they've got a great idea of a business. They've got all the processes under the sun that they need to grow the business, but they haven't actually built the business yet. Um, and I kind of, I think I flip fairly aggressively between the two, depending on what it is. And this is a perfect example of something that I've never even thought about. Yeah, I, th- I think the uh, the expert trade's way has been <laughs> try not to waste time prepping for something until you can see it kind of coming on the horizon Mm -hmm. it's probably not necessarily the best way but i think 
it's it is kind of that best in air quotes best of both um situation to be in where it's like something's not in place yet but we can see we can foresee something coming up in the future that we're going to need to start prepping for so probably best to get some hr in place <laughs> exactly we're, we're sort of reactive on the process thing more, more importantly like I remember the first person asked me for a contract. Well, I said employment contract. That probably makes sense. Just come to work and get paid. You, need, you, need, you need an employment contract. I get that. We'll, we'll work on that. Um, but little things like Alan. Alan's our new BDM, and he's talking about stuff like, well, in year two and year three, we need to be doing this. And I'm like, Alan, I said, if you don't deliver in months one to three, you're not going to you're not going to be here for years two and three. Uh, so just think about today. Mm. And I think in a small business, um, you've got to have that mentality because we don't have two, three, four years runway in the bank. Like we have to make it profitable every month mm. to sort of allow us to be here tomorrow sort of attitude. Um, so that, that's one thing that I just wanted to sort of raise um, because we haven't had a maternity and a paternity policy. Uh, and I think technically we have because uh, in the employment contract, it's just basically like statutory. Yeah, yeah. Like it's there. I'm not saying it's just been like completely But, but it's, it's the same with like sick pay and all that, Whatever, whatever the legal minimum requirement is everyone's essentially got that in place yeah because i think everyone probably does the same thing as me you go to somewhere and by the way we use something called law depot in case anyone is a small business looking for some contracts and stuff like that so law depot is a law depot yeah i think it's lawdepot.com um it's a annual subscription it's super cheap i think it's like 60 pounds a year or something um and it basically gives you boilerplate contracts so we don't use it for client stuff but for internal stuff we've used it employment contracts um, I've also used it for, for NDAs, so non-disclosure agreements. Um, you have to sort of tweak them to suit your business, but the way it does it, it's sort of like a wizard. So you go through it and it's like, oh, put the employee's name in, how much are you going to pay them? And then it kind of goes through all the details and then populates the contract. Yeah, free legal documents, forms, and contracts. Print or download your customized legal documents in five to 10 minutes. You can search, the, oh God, there's loads, wills, financial, real estate. Yeah, I'll drop a link in the show notes. Bunch of stuff. And um, so that was super helpful for me. And that's how we sort of started to do our employment contracts. Um, then we sort of learned over time the stuff that we need to change. But it's a great starting point for someone that's trying to get the processes in place, but doesn't want to Google a thousand different examples of employment documents and then start to write your own. It's all there. It's super cheap. I know there's probably a free version, but you probably only do one document. But go and do it. It also saves all your contracts for you. So um, you've sort of got a library of all your contracts in one place. Um, Anyway, so pulling that was on to, we've got the employment contracts in place, obviously. <laughs> we're, not that, we're not that much of a shambles. Um, when, when do I get mine, by the way? And then you're still working on that. P45. Still probation. I don't, think, I don't think you're due a P45 if you don't have an employment contract, actually. Um, I can just let you go, Aris. <laughs> as soon as that baby starts crowning, mate, you are out the door. <laughs> you have no rights. Um, no, so we've got the statutory stuff in the employment contract, but when, when you and M fell pregnant, um, it was sort of like a kick for me to start thinking, okay, I need to I need to write a maternity and a paternity policy for the company. Um, and I think that the reason is, is if you look at what you get as like statutory, it's, it's horrendous. Mm. Like, honestly, like what you get is, and I understand that there's a huge cost implication to the business from mainly from mainly maternity, but also paternity because it's still time. Just to jump in on that cost, actually, because I think because uh, Emmy was given her, her what was essentially a printout from, from HMRC's website. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, it's like this is here's what, what we have to give yeah, you, basically. Yeah. Um, but that's 
is that is all of that from the company? There's not. Is there anything from the government at all? There's not. Is there? No, I'm, that's, no. You're in full time employment. It, yeah, it's, yeah, that's it's what we're solely paying. from from the company that pays for maternity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just checking. But you get you'll end up getting childcare benefit from the government. Yeah, which I think is. But that, but that's why a company would want to just do the bare minimum because they're the ones that have to foot the bill. So they're like, Phew. yeah, that's what. Sorry, that's why most companies do the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. I think most companies need to sort their act out when it comes to this. Yeah. Um, so I basically use this opportunity to go away, and I spoke to Alison, and Alison's my mum, but also runs my accounts for anyone that doesn't know. And I basically said, I need a document that tells me everything legally that we have to do and what that looks like. So she wrote that document up and I said, on the right hand side of it is gonna be what we do at Expert Trades and I need that drawn up into a document and a policy. Um, so that's sort of the exercise that I went through. And what I was trying to do was sort of build build a policy that was fair on both sides of the table, but most importantly showed the employees that I understand that you're going through a big life change right mm-hmm. now. Uh, there's loads of stresses your side of the table um, and the company that you've worked for for the last six months 12 months 18 months whatever it is um, supports you like that's where we are um, so uh, do you want me to like reel off what it is yeah I mean I guess um, are you able to see both that's yeah if yeah. you can if you can just do both and show how it, it's different I think that'd be really interesting yeah so maternity pay is standard um, the first six weeks of maternity um, you get 90% of your normal pay. Mm-hmm. So the first six weeks, you get 90% of your normal pay. And then for the following 33 weeks, maternity pay is £148.68 or 90% if you're paid less than that in a week. So it's basically you're capping out at £148.68 a week uh, and that's for the following 33 weeks. So maternity is 39 weeks long. So you get six weeks at 90% and then 33 weeks at, let's just call it 150 quid, statutory. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you want me to do our maternity or do you want me to go into paternity first? Uh, just do maternity first, yeah. Um, so for experts, so to recap, first six weeks is 90% and then following 33 weeks is 148 quid. Uh, so expert trades, the first eight weeks is 100% of pay the following four weeks is 50% of your pay uh, and then the last 27 weeks are statutory. Uh, so it works out in, in total, someone smarter than me will be able to do the maths, uh, but we're basically topping up about an extra month's salary of that okay. across that 39 week period is, is sort of what it works out to be. Um, and then paternity, uh, this is mental. Uh, so. Statutory is £148.68 or 90% of wages, uh, whichever is lower. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And you get two weeks. Buzzing. So basically, when your baby arrives on the 5th of November, it won't be there. Your baby's going to be as chilled as you. (laughs) (laughs) Dragging it out. See it on about the 20th. Um, So basically, you'd get uh, two weeks. Uh, and get paid uh, 148 quid per week. So 5th of November, baby arrives. Two weeks later, uh, you've had 14 days of becoming a dad and you get 300 quid from your company. It's just fucking horrendous. Mm. Um, so... Uh, you, you'd you'd rather just take it off as holiday. If you've got it. And I think that's probably what a lot of people do. They probably... Um, and I say what a lot of people do. I've got two kids myself, but 
I sort of run my own, I run my own business and I have done since mm. the kids have been here. So I've never really had to think about this as well. Like it's never been top of mind for me. Like I kind of, actually there's a separate one for another show that we do, Dad Knows Best. But Sarah actually told me the other day, she was actually quite pissed off at me that like the day after Reggie arrived, mm. I was back in the office. Um, so I think paternity uh, is super important. And I think I want to support it in the way that I probably should have done it myself. Do you know mm. what I mean? There's probably yeah, like yeah. this like guilt trip thing that I'm on and trying to be like, no, I'll make it right for everyone <laughs> yeah, you else. you should feel guilty, <laughs> mate. You should feel um, So you basically get 148 pounds for two weeks and then you're back at work. Um, so our paternity policy is uh, two weeks uh, off with full pay. Um, then the following two weeks where you get full pay but you only work three days a week and then the following four weeks is uh, you get full pay but you only work four days a week and you have the option to take those as two half days um, so for me when I was designing it it's a way for the dad to be more present when the baby mm -hmm. arrives as well as uh, help on board the family to you not being there as much as you're going to be uh, because I think being at home for two weeks and then dropping it like a hot potato and then being mm. back at your desk five days a week it'll be a massive shock to like your other half because it's like oh shit how do I do this what do I yeah. do at least with this way is like you can have uh, you don't have to worry about your pay because that's covered mm. uh, but also uh, start to work out routines that allow you two to work together and then sort of like taper that off for when you sort of end up going back full time uh, any questions on that mate? Um, no, I'm excited. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, I think, I think ultimately it's um, it shows you trying to create a place where you'd want to, where you, where you'd want to work and make it makes you. It I know I know it certainly makes this it would make the staff feel appreciated mm -hmm. because like as soon as anything is statutory payment bare minimum, it's like well they're just trying to they, you're really just trying to get away like you you don't. They're they're literally paying the bare minimum if they're paying statutory, and it just it doesn't feel very nice, um, just from the business's point of view. It's like an indication that if I didn't have to pay you anything, I wouldn't. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. It's like the law says I have to do this. Yeah, but uh, Emmy, ideally like, I'd have Emmy, you in. Yeah, Emmy, when you go on maternity in a perfect world, I wouldn't pay you a penny because you're not working for me at that point mm. in time. So why should I? Says like the worst employer of the in the world but what's interesting is some sometimes um like there's been scenarios like emmy spoke to other people and they've they've become pregnant and they've offered to like come back and do part-time hours or work remotely and things like that and the company just doesn't want to know about it so like the mothers are obviously they understand that they're not fully capable to come back to work but they're saying but I can still obviously offer some help to the company and they're like no we'd rather just wait for you to be back in full time mm -hmm. that's a lack just, of trust thing yeah like that's the whole thing that sort of frustrates me and the reason we want to do something different is <clears throat> use that word like appreciated like I want my team to know that we understand that you're a person outside of mm -hmm. work and so there's two things to consider there's like the cost implications I like to run the maths just because I have to I sort of have to get stuff like this signed off and it's sort of like there's, the, there's the, the pure math side of it, which goes, like, why would you do that? Like, there is statutory for a reason. Mm. And then you go, well, statutory is a load of bollocks. That's like, that's basically, like we just said, me telling my team that I'm only paying this because I legally have to. So it's basically like a motivational thing, an appreciation thing for the team. And then you can flip it on its head and say, well, there's also a recruitment thing. Like, yeah. if 
if we're hiring someone and we can say, well, here's what we do and here's how much you get paid and here's how we look after our employees, they're just really, it's like the biggest signal and indicator to a potential employee that you give a shit. Mm. And I'm like, and for the relative cost uh, for, I don't know, you're getting basically probably an extra six weeks pay, seven weeks pay, something like that. Six, seven, yeah, but, uh, six weeks, I'd say. Um, for that as a cost, would you rather pay that and have your employee come back a bit more energized, a bit mm. happier, especially from a paternity perspective, um, appreciative of having a bit more time with a little one, or would you rather them come back after looking at the pay packet and just being pissed off and ending up job searching for the next six months until they find something else? Like that's the real cost implications mm. to the business. So you can look at it very binary and say, well, uh, there's a, there's a, this is going to impact the bottom line. Well, it won't because you're going to have more attention, you're going to have happier employees, and you're going to have easier recruitment. Like doing the right thing works. You just have to think of it on a more of a macro level. Yeah, I think the the retention side of it is a big thing because perfect example is Emmy's not really happy about having to go back to the place that she's working at the moment because they, not just for the whole maternity statutory pay, but like this is just like another nail in the coffin to like the company doesn't she doesn't feel appreciated in where she works working remotely isn't an option part-time isn't an option like all these things are just like no 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 it's like you know what you clearly not, you don't value me i'm just another number in the machine mm-hmm. another cog in, in the machine should i say um so i'm just gonna consider looking for somewhere else once I've gone through this maternity because like, obviously exactly. she couldn't get a new job right now and then fall onto the maternity pay anyway yep. so like she, like she's literally in I'm just going to ride this out mode which is not a good place to be for anyone in a job that where they're supposed to be spending the majority of their lives 100% <laughs> and I've probably had this rant before but it's it's this interesting dynamic of companies and employees where mm. even when it comes down to salary like a, a employer will pay you just enough money that you go to work yep. and you will go into work and do just enough work that you don't get fired and that's meant to be a place that, like you said you spend a lot of your time and it's about creating an environment for me where my team feel like I'm on their side like I know what this is like, especially with me being a dad. I, I know what this is like, and there's other areas of the the company where I need to work out policies that will show and support this. But if you just start being a dick, you're just going to have high churn. You're just going to have the situation with Emmy. They're going to come back. She might not go back. She might find something else yeah. in the meantime. Um, and the only person to blame for that is the employer, like because they didn't care. Yeah, I mean that this kind of leads on. Uh to one of the things about that's coming up in our listener question um, just about company culture and things like that Um, so we'll we'll touch on that in a minute is there anything else you wanted to say on maternity paternity pay before we take a break Um, probably not on specifically maternity and paternity Um, probably voice my opinions on that enough Uh, but I would say probably like a top tip is the amount of people that I speak to that are trying to build the business before they've built the business in terms of like get all the I's dotted and all the T's crossed before they even sometimes even validate the business and the product. You've got to find a balance. And I'm probably not the best example to to sort of (laughs) use because I'm really reactive. Like I just, I just get stuff done until like HMRC is knocking on the door. That wasn't an actual example of mine, but it's, it's basically true. Um, (laughs) Like we, my accounts were an absolute shambles because I didn't understand that for the first two years. Whereas most people probably would have 
probably just hired an accountant but yeah. I just went and built the business and put money in the bank and then I was like ah oh, shit there's probably some corporation tax or something I've got to pay go and speak to an accountant and then got all that squared away do you think being as reactive uh, as you have been has been detrimental in any way or like there's obviously going to be some things where it's like I wish I'd have known this when I started otherwise I would have I would have kept all of my receipts or, or whatever yeah, it might be yeah 100% um the same as way when you're doing like development, like you get technical debt in a business. So technical debt is when you've built something to like put a plaster over a bug, mm. but that, that thing is gonna keep costing you like in the future in terms of the amount of revisions and fixes you're gonna have to do. Whereas if you just basically rebuilt it the first time, you might spend 10 hours now, but you save all the time in the future. Yeah instead of spending two hours a month for the next five years. So that's like technical debt. The same thing happens in a business in terms of uh, there's stuff that, great example. This is a real world example right now. I've had to book time in to document people's key responsibilities in KPIs in the company because we're still at a point now where and we've got to grow out of it. We're at the stage now, like where the business is is really interesting because we're at sort of our next the way it sort of goes is like you grow and then you plateau and then you grow, then you plateau. We're at this level now. It's like we're about to go again. Like we're about mm. to hit the next scale opportunity within the business, but the foundation's not in place. Um, so for me, I've had to really slow down um, now. And what I say with the team is like, I'm in the process of getting my house in order to allow us to scale faster. Little things like how we do project management. We covered off in our all hands yesterday key responsibilities like that should be documented already like there's all this stuff that should be done so it does slow you down i think as a startup what you've got to do is work out like what's the biggest risk when you wake up in the morning you're thinking what is the what's the thing that's going to put me out of business today mm. like is it cash flow okay then go and sell something or go and raise some money like the thing that's going to the thing that will never put me out of business in the last three years is the key responsibilities chart and the org chart because i trust my team enough and we know where we stand but the problem that I'm now facing is because we're hiring faster, people can't come in and just understand what you do. Mm. They need to be like, oh, here's a team and here's his key responsibilities. He, here's what he looked after. Here's your chart. He's, here is who he reports into, he or she, obviously. Um, so we're at a point probably now where the foundations are starting to slow us down too much. And rather than continuing on down this vein, I'm sort of slowing down for eight weeks. I am, and it's a good time for me to slow down because it's a summer holiday for most people. So me and Alan are probably going to find it a little bit hard to go into full sales mode and mm -hmm. start closing business. Um, so slowing down to speed up in the the long term. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, you will experience debt within the business that will slow you down, but you have to just wake up and say, what's the things that's going to put me out of business in the next week, two weeks, two months, and work on those because there is zero point having a policy built for when oh when uh, when there's 12 staff within the team uh here's what we're going to do on v for vacations american term don't know why i went there for holidays uh his his yeah, uh the 10 rule and like harry hugo said on the podcast we did with him he was like we had a like eight he was like 80 people strong and someone said well i'm flying to singapore do i do business first class or like economy and like because i'm now a manager what's that and he's like fuck i don't know like I've never wrote a travel policy before. Mm. So then went and did one at 80 people yeah. strong. Um, that's sort of how I view it is uh, because he, that would never put him out of business. Like that's the sort of thing is like, you yeah, have to stay alive. Yeah, I think I think that, that debt is, is only debt because you've managed to progress the business to a, a further point. Like if you... If you you're spending all this time up front, you're not actually getting to a point where it actually matters in the first mm -hmm. place. Yeah, and that's, that's a good point. So my approach has been... Don't worry about all this stuff. 
earn, worry about earning enough money to hire someone to worry about this stuff. Yeah, when, it, when it's a problem, it's a good problem to have. Yeah, and I'll hire, <laughs> because I should have made enough money by then to hire someone to fix the problem. Yeah. I'm not going to fix it. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to do the process. I need someone smarter than me to do that. I'm not going to work out my accounts. I need someone smarter than me to do that because that's not my skill. I need to just continue playing to my strengths, mm. which is growth, sales, marketing. Just let me do that. And then that will churn enough money into the business to allow me to hire the right people to do their job. That's sort of where we're at. Like it, cool. If anyone has any questions or follow up to that, you can just send us an email in um, startupdiary at nbs.fm. Before you segue like a professional, and I just jumped in <laughs> at the right point, one thing I'm super keen to learn is what perks do you get from mm. your employer? Or if you are a founder slash CEO, what perks do you give? that make you or your employees feel appreciated and motivated to come to work. I would love to share some of these on the show and I'd love to learn from you in terms of what you're doing. So we're at that stage now where it's really important to me. Like it. Right, Adam, time for a break. We'll be back with listener questions in just a hot second. And we're back. And today, Adam, we have just the one email actually, but we have two questions. One person, two emails. Yeah. Wait, no. <laughs> one, one person, one email, two questions and a compliment. Okay. Go through them all. This Start is, with the compliment. Let, let me just adjust <laughs> me my up. screen because... He I, says adjust my screen, by the way, to those of you are listening. He means block me out the way. <laughs> also, increase font size. Uh, yeah, I'm going to zoom in. Uh, this is from... I'm going to say Jack Shivers because I originally read it as Jack chivers and okay. i don't think that's right i'd, I'd, go, I'd go with shivers as well <laughs> so jack sends an email in to startup diary at mbs.fm just like you can he says hi guys i need to tread carefully here because i don't want to be condoning my staff working for free that is not my intent with this line of questioning uh, more that i want them to have the passion to want to push the projects we are a creative design and fabrication team currently two directors, one full-time employee, plus some freelancers, but looking to start employing new permanent staff. From all accounts, everyone loves the projects we work on and enjoys the work and shares the passion for our vision. From my understanding, you have a work culture where people want to put in the hours to get the job done, regardless of whether they are contractually obligated or not. Uh, how do you begin to install this kind of culture? And do you monitor your staff's working hours? And if so, how do you do this? Uh, I'll go through the full email and then we can jump back. Separate question, but kind of related. Uh, you have the mantra of hire slow, fire fast. But in recent episodes of The Startup Diary, it sounds like you have had a spree of breaking this with hires uh, that you've been making for Harry's team. If you have, is this because of the gut feeling or is Harry just doing the legwork? Finally, I'd like to say thanks for all the valuable advice and content. I have listened to every Startup Diary and story. I'm a member of the Facebook group, currently a little inactive lurker. <laughs> Speak up, Jack. Uh, and have taken on board a lot of what you have said and implemented into my own mantra and business. We're not a tech company, but there are many transferable skills to be learned within the back catalogue of your podcasts. Cheers, Jack. What an awesome email. Do you know, in terms, just in terms of the length, mm -hmm. the, the amount of time he's put into that, awesome stuff. Let's revert back into the specific questions. Yep. Um, stop being a lurker, Jack. Carry on, mate. Yeah, Sorry. yeah speak up. Uh, there's loads of great people in the group. Um, yeah, so just back to his first question. Uh, 
he's not con- he, he doesn't want people to be working for free basically he wants he wants his team to put in the work to put in the effort put in the energy put in the hours mm-hmm. um like he obviously does because he's passionate about the business how do you how do you get the staff in that frame of mind where they're like I'm not leaving until I get this done tonight so this is really tough to answer in like because I I sort of Q&A part of the show is like meant to be quite punchy um, so I'll do that <laughs> strap the, in I'll, I'll, I'll do I'll, no I will keep it as punchy as possible I, I will keep this very punchy I think two things to consider when you're trying to motivate your staff and employees yep is one are you taking them on the journey with you or is it a them and us mentality and when people think of them and us mentality they it's it sounds very confrontational and what mm. I'm not I'm not talking about that I'm saying do you understand where the business is going to and what you're trying to achieve and how you're trying to grow it and are you taking your employees on that journey with you is it exciting to them in terms of the better the business performs there's something in it for them mm. because what you have to understand is they need to be taken on the mission and believe in what you're trying to achieve but also you've got to think of this whole you heard a with him with him with him what's in it with for, a h no <laughs> with, with him what's in it for what's me in it for my so, I've, I've heard that I've not heard with him with him with him yeah so we've said with him far <laughs> too many times you have to also understand like they ha- that everyone is self-motivated mm-hmm. in terms of everyone has to think of themselves first it's just the way that people operate um, and you have to make sure that they're in a position where they're comfortable in their in their environment and their job because you're never going to get someone thinking about staying five seven eight o'clock at night if outside of that working environment they're unhappy so it's about not prying on your the lives of your employees but you also need to just make sure that it all not often always starts with compensation in terms of like are you paying them enough to make sure that they don't need to run two jobs as an example and this is probably one extreme but it's just making sure that they can come to work and not have to worry about everything else and can be focused on the job secondly you need to make sure that they understand that as the company does well they will benefit from it and with a sales guy it's really easy it's commission okay mm. but with i guess uh, roles like what jack has i guess i like he say he's like a uh, steel production is, company or something uh, creative design and fabric fa- yeah. a creative design and fabrication team yeah so he's probably got like so, I mean, welders and like proper people doing proper work compared to like us on a computer sort of thing like he's got proper grafters and i guess it's trying to work out individually here's what i'm going to revert back to it's trying to understand individually what motivates each of your employees is what i want to try and zoom into because i think i made the mistake in the past of having these blanket ideas these blanket perks whereas you have to zoom into each employee and understand where they are what motivates them do they want better equipment to do their job looking at you for that like one thing that i knew motivated you is we could get more equipment like more tech for you to do mm. your filming video work so i thought yeah. actually as we bring more clients on and we grow that part of the business i need to invest in technology for you so you can enjoy that someone like leon sort of understanding he wants to continue his personal development to do more training so you have to spend the time to understand each of your employees and what motivates them and then structure their perks and career around that and that's how you understand that's how you motivate people <laughs> like every single person has their own motivations and it's trying to work out what they are and then basically outlining it and say like for Danny as an example so Danny is in our team he's a he's a verified exec now he does growth for us and I've basically outlined and said listen what I'm trying to do with verified is this 
and here's what it does for the business. And if you can hit your KPIs over the next six months, we're going to hire someone to put underneath you to help you do the sort of work that you don't enjoy, that you've voiced. This 25% of what you do, I know you don't enjoy. So do me a favor, really like dig in for the next six months, hit these KPIs, and we're going to bring someone in to do that work for you. And that itself is like extremely motivating. Imagine if he can look at this very transparent table and go, great, as soon as I know I've got this, I become a manager within the company and someone comes in to do the work I don't enjoy. That's why you'll find him answering an email on a Saturday to, mm. to a client or work until seven o'clock at night because he knows where he's going in the company. And I think you just have to work out what the individual motivations are. And it takes work and I was really bad at it before, but I'm starting to learn it now and I started to be more of a CEO for the company in terms of like understanding exactly what your personal motivations are and then structure your career path mm. around that. Because the better I do my job, the the more I'm going to get out of you. I like the way that Jack says he's not trying to get people to work for free and I, I, I respect that but there is a crunch time in every business. I also think there's a thing up front of who you hire. And yeah, he, he just to jump in, he's, so he, he's, he's got two directors, one full-time employee plus some freelancers, but he's looking uh, to start employing new permanent staff. You're going to struggle with freelancers to put in extra work. Mm. Like, I, I don't know if you read that. I guess, I guess that's costing him more as well by hiring freelance. Yeah, you have to understand, like a freelance is a gun for hire. Mm. Like they have more than one client normally. Um, so what they're doing is they're basically getting paid a certain amount of money per hour. If you look at like when we built this business, it was built with an agency up in Sheffield and I was paying them an hourly rate to build the site. And they just wouldn't think, they wouldn't think, oh, what you're trying to achieve is this. Yeah. How about we do it this way? They just wouldn't be as invested in the business. Whereas like you bring someone like Mark in our CTO and he challenges me every day. It drives me fucking mental. <laughs> uh, but, but that's his that's his job. Like yeah. uh, He's like, well, what are you actually trying to achieve? And let's see if we can work through it. And yeah, because he, un he understands the platform and he understands the mission that we're trying and the problem that we're trying to solve. He understands where we're going. Like a freelancer doesn't care where you're going. They just want you to make sure that you're still going to be in business yeah. to pay them the hourly rate. Um, so I think that's probably where he's probably suffering in terms of getting that level of commitment in. Um, but I know it's also really hard in terms of full-time employees cost money mm. and it's a big commitment. Um, so I'd probably say you're kind of banging your head against a brick wall trying to motivate freelancers to go above and beyond. His job needs to be just to, to increase the margin and increase the profit within the business to bring these people on full-time. And then it becomes a hiring exercise of making sure you've sort of hired for the right personality traits that people are overachievers they want to deliver and then in the interview process it's not just asking are you good enough for this job it's like we had two interviews yesterday it's like great you're clearly competent um but what do you want to do in three years time like where are you trying to get to in five years time talk to me about you i was in an interview yesterday with two geeks like like proper nerdy developers amazing guys i can't speak to them in like code and all this like mark did all this testing i was purely in the room to kind of understand Culture-wise, mm. are you a good fit? Because we're a really hard-working team. We look after each other. We play hard. We work hard. But secondly, like, what are you actually trying to achieve? Because as a founder, so yeah, once you know what motivates someone, like, then it becomes really easy to get the best out of someone. And it's not like this, oh, I know, I know you now. I can like pull this lever mm. and get... It's like a genuine team. It's like, cool, I know... I know that Harry right now has got a baby on the way. So how can we work out ways to give him some extra work that allow him to make some extra cash? Because cash is probably fairly pressing right now. Uh, like there's different things within the team and it comes down to very little things like, this is probably a good example. You 
raised it with me the other day in terms of like you probably just need to explain to new starters in terms of like the hours and working conditions because I don't think everyone is understanding because mm. like the originals understand and it's like oh like I was like oh crap I came into the office and I was like even I was like where's Leon like he's our new designer I'm like where's Leon it's like 25 past 9 and then I remembered I was like ah so me and Leon have got an agreement because he's new in the business he's travelling from Birmingham like arrive between 9 and 10 it's actually arrived between 7.30 and 10 find the time of day that suits you and then we'll make that the time of day that you work to avoid traffic and all this stuff you give that level of flexibility to an employee and you trust them they're gonna they're, they're going to re, like respond with trust back like mm. that's how we get the most out of people by just treating them like people and as soon as you realize that someone's taking the piss you fire them mm. like there was a great quote the other day which i really liked and it is from gary v and it's one of his like recent ones and i like it he said hiring is guessing firing is knowing like you have to just place a bet on someone when you're hiring because mm. you see the best version of them but you have to place a bet even when they're in the business and there's a degree of risk when you're placing bets give it as much risk as you can to let them do their best work because then you'll see them either excel or you'll see them fail if they fail you fire them if they excel you've got yourself an amazing team player that believes in the mission of the business yeah i think the uh, the go agency follow a similar thing like they they hire people that they think are going to do well and get they give them all the opportunities that, that they can give them to succeed in their role like they give them massive accounts from the word go it's mm -hmm. not like a case of here's a demo one let's see what you can do it's just deep end can you perform if not you're out the door but like you say giving someone that room to actually show what they can do um because yeah, here's, here's what happens when you give people room you give them enough room to do their best work so they want to do their best work. And if that means they have to stay an extra two hours to deliver the results, because I'm not like nine to five, show me what you can do, do this checklist. Mm. I'm like, here's a project, show me what you can do. And they're like, it might be a two week project. So because they know they've got to come and show me what they've achieved in those two weeks, I know they're putting in extra time because they want to deliver on the project. They don't just want to do a checklist and disappear at five o'clock. Yeah, and I think just from like a hiring point of view is what, uh, you say about um, compensation for their time. Uh, obviously, wage is important because we all have bills to pay. But beyond that, it's about like the opportunities that a company can provide. I think one of the things that Expert Trades does well is provides people an opportunity to grow mm -hmm. in their skill set, in learning new things. Like it's not a case of maybe because we're still a growing company, but at the moment, a lot of the hires that we've had have been talented competent people come in and it's like right tell me what you really want to excel at and then we'll just pile a load of um support into into you learning a new skill new equipment whatever it may be but like everyone here has got the opportunity to grow so it's kind of on your own head if you don't seize that opportunity but that's that's what i think keeps people happy is because they're not just coming in doing the nine to five grind of just repeat this process that's in place and I can't really have any say in what I do like it's a broken structure but I'm just following it because it's the only way to get paid it's always like you're responsible for your output and if you can make it better or if you can make yourself better in your in your area then you'll support that yeah uh, Danny's a great example he knows what he's working towards Matt's a great example came straight out of uni now manages three people like if you outline a career path for someone and you hire smart people 
it's actually quite easy to be honest mm. um you just have to give people the flexibility to to win or fail is how i want to wrap this bit up give people flexibility to win or fail and when they win keep supporting them and when they fail fire them simple as that and on the subject <laughs> of firing uh higher slow fire fast mm-hmm. what's changed nothing and on that note guys <laughs> <laughs> no no I, I completely understand why Jack's are like this and it's a really great observation in terms of uh, my mantra has been higher slow and fire fast um, and recently we've added a few new bodies into the team we've got a few more coming the only difference Jack is normally hiring would probably get a day a month of my time hiring is probably getting two days a week of my time right now um, as well as Harry in terms of the role mm. that you're hiring for we are still going through the same process of how quickly we hire someone and how diligently we vet someone. We're just putting more people into the top of the funnel for more roles. So our hiring process is still take the time to understand someone on a very deep level. We've got a three and a half stage process, half because one, it's a telephone interview. Um, we still take that slow to understand someone. We're just putting a lot more people in the top of the funnel because normally one day a month, application goes in we'd have a day's worth of interviews and then yes or no and then we wait for the next month mm-hmm. and we do the same again like that isn't hiring slow that's just like allocating a certain amount of time every month we're doing the same process we're just doing it to more people in a condensed period of time but we're still putting them through the same process and then on the flip side of it is we will probably fire even faster now <laughs> because the responsibilities of the people yeah. we bring in the level of impact they'll now make is much bigger so like i'm really diligent up front to the point that the other day i thought i actually messaged you i was like there's this new guy conor mcgregor okay his name's not conor mcgregor his name's conor uh, and I I, I, I I can't remember his surname but i keep referring to him as conor mcgregor i actually had an all-hands meeting and i put the photo we've got a new starter and put conor mcgregor on the screen um but I actually reached out to Harry and I was like, because the way that we operated is you did the interview, I did the personality thing and the, I wanted to understand they were a culture fit. And on a Sunday, I was like, and I think we're there now. Like mm. I was ready to make a decision. I thought, this feels right. Spoke to you, you raised some points. I then called them up on a Sunday. Like that doesn't mean I'm hiring fast. It means I'm, still, I'm making good decisions, mm. uh, but we're just putting more people into the top of the funnel now. Yeah, and I think it, I think it's not so much hiring fast so much as making a very deliberate decision like it we went through like we had loads of applicants for that role mm-hmm. i had gone through the whole like vetting process and speaking to some of them and that like when you find it's like buying a house when you find the one that you think is the one you've got to kind of just put your name down for it and just see what happens it's like we were saying before is sometimes you just got to take a bet and then you just sack them off if they're not performing like we're 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 gonna we're giving connor an opportunity because he's proven how much he can he's learned and grown in a single year we're providing him an opportunity to grow exponentially mm-hmm. if he doesn't then he'll be out the door but i've got confidence that he will hence why we hired him <laughs> you just raised something which was super interesting to me and one thing that i've probably done in terms of speed up the hiring process is the decision making process because normally it'd be kind of like we go through these stages mm-hmm. then we wait and we kind of get everyone through the funnel to get everyone down and then so everyone that we shortlisted we give them the opportunity and i think one thing that i've probably done differently now because one got away mm. an account manager got away or i hired an account <laughs> manager no no longer locked in the basement um no we i hired an account manager and i just had he didn't have the right experience when i came out of the interview i thought he's an account exec right now and i thought 
he's going to make just some of the terminology and how he thought about mm. it and the process I thought he's going to make an amazing account manager but maybe it's not now but I should place a bet on him and in 12 months time he'll be a, a fantastic account manager but I left it a week after the interview I followed up with him afterwards and said listen here's where I'm at let me get back to you in a week and by the time I got back to him he'd already been offered a job elsewhere and he'd taken it mm-hmm. and fair enough from that day I thought if I because I think um Chivers, 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 Jack. Chivers, Chivers. <laughs> I was trying to go for the <laughs> Jack. Jack. So I think Jack raised in terms of is it gut feeling. It's a really good observation. You just triggered it. Is now we still go through the same process. There's more people in the funnel, but now when I've like got the gut feeling, I don't want to place the bet on them. That's probably where I've really contracted that time down to a week, down to an hour down to 10 minutes mm. with Leon. Can you please step out of the interview? Me and you chat, comes yeah. back in, we offer him the job. That's the final bit is probably where we've sped things up. It's a really cool observation um, because good people, good people get hired fast is what I've learned. Yeah, and like we say, you'll fire just as quick. Mm-hmm. So just keep that in the back of your mind that you can always you hire. You keep if- it in the back of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, you can, like if like if it doesn't work out, that's what the probation period is for mm-hmm. because you're doing everyone a favor as well if it ultimately it's not working out. So cool. Hopefully that answers your questions, Jack. If you've got any follow-ups or if anyone else has got any questions or follow-ups, don't forget to email startupdiary at nbs.fm. Time for a break and then we'll be back with a quick wrap up with last week this week. Right, it's time to go, Adam. So, (laughs) last week and this week, it's my favorite time of the day to reflect. Mine's super simple. Last week, I wrote down my three Fs. I did filming, funeral, and focus group. What did you do? (laughs) I did the filming. You were just there. You did not film the funeral, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I did filming... For the focus group and another client as well. So, and then like just just to jump forward to what is this week? It's just like I'm literally we're recording on a Tuesday morning. I'm out the office at nine and not back till next week <laughs> because we're just I'm just site visits, oh, yeah. filming, yeah, busy. So I'm not back in the office. At so all. here's the thing for me. So that's what you're working on this week. When I, when we when we put the show notes together for this, it's sort of like oh, okay, last week was this, what's this week? I normally look into the calendar and there's normally like, oh, I've got this big deal coming up or we're doing this hiring thing and blah, blah, blah. Like there's nothing interesting in my calendar at the moment and it, I, I made a note that it kind of caused me, it kind of made me feel uncomfortable. I wrote why in caps on our show notes. How's your, I know I keep asking you and you've not had, a, you've not had one recently, but how's the coaching going? Uh, I've got my, so there's been like a month off down mm. to holidays, his holiday, my holiday, um, and, so just, and just Cal's. So my next one is on the 12th of August. So what's the time, you, time you listen to this, I would have, so this goes out on the 12th. Okay. So I would have just come out of a session when people are listening to this, and then we'll be speaking about it on the following show. So cool. that's how that's going. Look forward to that. But I think one of the things is for me, looking at this week and then just generally is like, it kind of unnerved me a little bit. It's like, why is there nothing, I want to say major. Like, why is there yeah, no... Why, why is your calendar not busy, mate? Well, it's busy with lots of little things. Mm. And I think that the truth of the matter is, is um, I sort of had a uh, correction uh, in terms of the level of support we delivered to one of our accounts mm-hmm. recently. And it's just, it was much needed um, and it was fair. Uh, so the way that I sort of have reacted to that is just becoming an account manager 
uh, very diligently and making sure that we're on top of everything. So all my calendars right now are just filled up with an hour on this account, two hours on that account, this promotion. So there's actually nothing which is what I class as new business or leveling up. I'm just sort of like battening down the hatches and just making sure existing clients, existing business is happy. Building a process, which I really don't like, as you probably heard from the top of the show, building a process so we can bring an account manager in to can, who I can pass the baton to and then I can go and move on to the next things. We're at this weird situation now where it's all about building the foundations, get my house in order, mm-hmm. ready to scale. Um, but it, it just feels really fucking boring. Uh, but it's needed. That's where I'm at. Cool. So let's just wrap up then with what we're into, mate. Mine is, do you know what I said? Like, it's really fucking boring with the work. Mm-hmm. Um, my, what we're into this week is no more fun. Uh, I've been decorating, mate. So Boring. So, <laughs> uh, so that's what I've been into. I've been, uh, I've actually, I've actually really enjoyed it as a getting away from work, spending some time with the wife, um, decorating our bedroom, and we're going to sort of move room by room probably every six months. Um, just enjoyed it. It's just been a good break and finally get to stop sleeping in, in the spare room. Uh tomorrow at point of recording this because our bed gets delivered so I'm really happy with that exciting how about you man um, well we at the previous show uh, we talked about Facebook ads to try and drive some more people into the Facebook group can I just say thank you so much for everyone that sort of followed up with, with me and H after that show in terms of people really really enjoyed that show it turns out so we're probably going to look at doing more stuff like that Exactly that, because when I pulled up the ads manager, my mind was blown. Like, first of all, when I first opened it, I was like, oh my God, (laughs) Facebook's trying to hurt me. Uh, There was just loads of stuff. The more I looked at it, the more it, luckily I had the notes. So when we were talking about ad sets, campaigns and things like that, when I finally found it, it made a bit more sense. Um but then the, I don't know again I don't know if because there was a there was already like an ad on there that we'd obviously done way back when don't know if you got some free credit to run an ad maybe sound, well, I probably owe you some money put that in your card like, there was something already on there and there was already a card assigned and stuff like that so I don't know if because it had already been set up previously that I was missing some like like mini onboarding or, or anything don't know um, kind of figured my way around it uh, but then there was stuff like I was going to get weak test power and stuff like that so i think there was settings that i'd had wrong or done wrong things because you looked at it before we jumped on the mic so it's like yeah you didn't you clicked on this one you shouldn't have so like i chose to a b test on ads manager as Mm -hmm. opposed to me personally a b testing didn't realize there was a difference so that doesn't mean it's wrong but i always recommend people to uh create their it's your first ad basically so go Mm. in and create a standard ad first Mm. then duplicate and a b test it yourself you can use the a b testing functionality but you just needed to go and create an ad first before the the thing i was looking for was the single ad like you were saying what what i'd clicked on had caused something else and then i was getting audiences which was like 12 million and growing and it wasn't refining anything at all so yeah so we need to i think the best thing for us to do for like the next show or the next time we do the facebook subject again is we'll like i need to sit next to you because you've obviously got experienced eyes so you can kind of tell me or at least i can go through and you can just sort of backseat drive yep um so we'll probably we'll probably just do a lav mic situation and record the screen or something put it on the youtube channel yeah exactly that yeah sounds like a plan so, um, so ads getting there still not live obviously but 
once we've done that, hopefully I'm, I am excited to give them a run and see what works. But yeah, that's where I'm at, mate, right now. I'm just quickly loading up just to say, wow. Do you know how... So we spent £160 on the Pure Scooter promotion that we're running that goes live until the 17th of August. Do you know how many responses we had? So the £20 was absolutely dead. Instagram ads were just fucking flat. Like, honestly, like, nil poids. Um, From the Facebook ads, £140. Do you know how many responses we got? £140. £140 of ad spend on Facebook. And these are, just to be clear, guys, we ask name, email, opt into the email list, and where they're based in a form. How many people? 218. 1,447. What? <laughs> what? We have wow. uh, 2,032 total visits, 1,700 unique visits, 81.5% completion rate on the form. We have 1,447 people that have taken part into the competition and 926 of those have opted in to join our email list to learn more about MBS and our podcast network. That is insane. And to give you an idea of how the targeting, so we wanted to focus solely on the United Kingdom. Um, out of the 1447 responses, 1397 were based in the UK. Wow. So you know when I run my ads and I get 15 people? You have to understand, like, that has... I've never seen... So you have to understand, like, we're paying... Is that 10p an email address? I don't know. I think it's... It's cheap. So £140, 1400 Divide them both by 10, £14 is 140 it's 10p an email address it's ridiculous anyway so we need to we should also review that then like do you think there's any any merit in looking at what you did I think maybe we could look at what you did just in general yeah um, might benefit the listeners uh, I don't know if that as a use case is applicable to everyone like because they, they, that sounds like they are not um, These are not standard numbers. However, this is what happens when you get the right audience, the right copy, the right image, and the right timing. So what we should do is share this as something that went well. You can't reproduce this. Mm. What we need to speak about is, do we put more gas on the fire? As in, if we can get 10 pin email address, we should probably go and put another 500 pounds or something or whatever the number is we choose into this before the competition ends. Because in theory, this is potential new subscribers to the podcast network. Yeah, not, and again, not to t- dive too deep into it now as we wrap up, but... It, can you see way, where we're at in the curve of like collecting um, signups? Like, are we like eight, hit the boom? Um, can you see where the oh, if we if we do pile five hundred quid into this, it's just gonna it's gonna double. It's gonna four times the number. Or um, do, like, do you see that sort of you indication? Really, you don't really see that. However, if you're on top of your ads, what what I saw was the the value per pound spent increased over the whole lifetime of this ad. So what happened is Facebook understood the sorts of people it needed to run it to because in the first four days, it's basically testing it. So by we basically ran this for a week and by day five, we had 800 responses and nearly 650 more have come in the final two and a half days because Facebook goes, oh shit, okay, I know the sort of people you're trying to run out. I know the people that like mm. this. I know the people that click on this. They've got all these similar interest traits and topics. I'll just put it in front of those guys for you because you'll get more results. And it's done that. We've got 1,400 people, mate. Wow. And on that note, 
I think we should wrap up today's episode. Adam, take us home. Guys, <laughs> if you have got this far through today's show. Thank you. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and then please go over to your podcatcher of choice and leave us that five-star review and let us know why and where you listen to the show and we will read it out on a future episode. If you have any questions or anything at all we can help with, please reach out. It's startupdiary at nbs.fm. And the last plug I will make because we're going to be doing a new event soon getting another meetup for the Startup Diary Club nice. on Facebook. Head over to Facebook and search for Startup Diary Club. Amazing people in there. Don't be like Jack. Don't be a lurker. We need a t-shirt that says don't be like Jack with like the Facebook icon on it. Don't be like... like eyes peeping over a wall. <laughs> uh, don't be a lurker. Take part and I promise you it'll be well worth your time. Anyway, on that note, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Next week.